return to the incredible world of wonders, relive the greatest adventure of all time, the Odyssey. Welcome to Nerdacy, the new podcast uh, that's a subsection of Titanomaki. I'm Brad. I'm Hayden. And special guest today here is... Kill me. I'm Jess. (laughs) (laughs) All right. um, So, uh, top of the show, this is going to be a subsection of the podcast of Titanomaki. Titanomaki being the show where we talk about DC's Titans show. What a disgusting pile of shit. Uh, Yeah. This is going to be a sort of where we just watch. Not, not where you guys talk about it, but the show. Yes, so. this is yes. true. Just to be specific. We knew. I, oh, yeah. I love you guys. We love you we too. We love you too. <laughs> All right. Um, so uh, <laughs> this is going to be the show where we talk about movies that we watch. Sometimes it'll just be movies that we feel like watching and felt like recording about maybe. Uh, otherwise, it's through our patrons on Patreon. You can request by uh, giving us $5 a month. To do one out of five movies, and our very first patron, Caitlin. Woo! Yay! Thank you, whomever you are. Caitlin requested that we watch Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, which is our subject today. <sighs> what a I'm movie. excited. I love this movie. I I have mixed feelings about this movie. Yeah. I like we this know. movie, but I, I have slightly mixed feelings. And like after so for for it's context, Sarah, right? right? Yes. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. What, we, what a milksop! What an absolute milksop! We have some pre-watch notes on this, so just for okay, okay, yeah. Just pre-watch for context, notes. just for context, uh, Jess read all of Scott Pilgrim in like middle school and high school, right? It, it was high school. It was all high school. It was whenever the comics first came out, before the cool color editions were out, and uh, yeah. I, I definitely think that that has shaped my perception of them because I was a teenager and it's really, it's very hard about being in your 20s. Yeah. Mostly about being in your 20s. And I was just like, but yeah, I don't really understand. Indeed, indeed. And then Hayden, you watched the movie going in blind about like 10 years ago because this movie came yeah. out in 2010. Yeah, no, I watched this, I think like 2012, 2013. Um, okay. I watched it with, like, other homeschool kids, and mm-hmm. I really liked it. Um, wound up dating another homeschool kid after watching this movie. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Was the he power like... of love. You got the I know, power of love. Was he like Scott Pilgrim? Scott Pilgrim. I don't know. It didn't last long, but we were also, so, what, like, 12. <laughs> was, it, was, he a, was he a dickhead like Scott Pilgrim? And he's one of your evil exes now. Yeah. No, he, it, it ended amicably. It was fine. Okay. But I, I, I do, don't have to fight him. Hayden does no, have a slew, Hayden does have a slew of evil exes though. No, oh. I don't have evil exes. I just have a harem of beautiful women. That, that is That's fair. Very I think I think you have, based on some of the boyfriends you have described <laughs> to me, I would say you have me both. As a pet. Yeah, I guess both, but I'm like my exes don't really give a fuck about me. Yeah, good. Fuck them. Fuck don't them. Want, don't you give a fuck about them. Uh Exactly. As, but anyway, right that's true. <laughs> Jess and I didn't break up. She broke up with me after nine days of dating when we were like sixteen, and then we started dating that again. Count, that counts, I think. Yeah. Well, yeah, but like we're still dating now. It's seven years <laughs> in the relationship. Oh my god, it's been seven years. I love 
love you guys. It's cute. We're gonna, we're we gonna love cut you all this out. Uh, we're gonna no, we're leaving all this in. We're gonna scrap everything. No, all of this is in. Um, <laughs> no, it's Hello, fine. We're talking about relationships, again. and that's what this movie is about. So I this feel movie like it's is about relationships. This movie is about relationships, but it's not quite about relationships, which is what we're gonna talk about here in a little bit. Now, just yeah. for context, for me specifically, I saw this movie about when it came out. I think I was excited for it just because it looked like fun. Uh, it yeah. looked like a video game movie. Uh, it's crazy to believe, but in 2010, like video game adaptation films that looked like fun were a rarity. Back mm-hmm. in my day, before Back Ready Player One. Oh, Ready Player One about. was a shit movie. Hey, hey, give us money on Patreon, and we can all scream about it. That's true. Uh, you could yeah. recommend that we watch Someone Ready recommend it because I watched it with my boyfriend. I'm like, this was a film. <laughs> Okay, um, but back, like, 10, 15 years ago, it was pretty rare for you to get, like, a video game movie to come out that would, like, reference video games and stuff. I think what sold me was in a trailer they used Zelda music, which they only used that, like, once in the film itself. But I was like, yeah, I want to see this. And then, you know, I was 15 years old, it's 2010, so I'm like, yeah, I I really enjoyed the film. Um, We watched it again, I'd say a couple weeks ago now, just because uh, things have been a little crazy with coronavirus and... Other stuff going on. Um, Verona. Verona. Uh, Verona flowers. <laughs> Corona now. flowers. Um, no. Um. So, uh, we watched it, and then what I did was I was gonna be like, all right, I'll read like you know some of the comic to get some context. Um, for Caitlin's benefit, because I think she had read the comics. Uh, don't quote me on that. Um. But what quoting you? Yeah, quote me on that. I guess I guess it's it's a podcast, so I mean it's recorded for everyone to play back. Um, I wanted to go in and read a little bit of it, and then within like two days, I just read all of it. Um, because it's really I intended to read it, but I had to move, so I read none of it. So I am the only one here who's only seen the movie. I you are truly a blind observer. That's true. Exactly. You're you're a uh, objective audience. Mm-hmm. An un unbiased audience. Um, you are you are you know untainted, <laughs> untainted by a wish for more. Exactly. Um, now to explain, the uh comics were um written I think in the mid two thousands and they were still coming out when production of this movie was going. So like the comics didn't end until the movie was already uh out. So during the production of this, the director. Um, Edgar Wright, who had directed Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz. He also directed Baby Driver. He didn't have the whole comic to work off of. Um, he had most of it. He had a lot of it, I think. I didn't he look into publication good amount dates. Of it, but no, he didn't have the mm-hmm. end. Yes. Um, so what happens here is that this is a condensed adaptation of like six graphic novels. And with that, obviously, some things are going to be cut. Some things are going to be changed um, just for time. Uh, there were some specific choices in how much they could adapt, but if you go into this movie and think, oh, is it just going to be like the first half of a movie and is it going to end on a cliffhanger? That's not the case. This movie does cover uh, the whole of the comics. It is Scott Pilgrim tries to date Ramona Flowers, a girl he meets. To do this, he must fight her seven evil exes, and he does that, and they date. That's the movie. Yep. In, like, the broadest terms possible. In in, In the most broad strokes. Yes. Okay. So let's let's talk about uh, more pre-watch notes just for production. Uh, so this is this is a peak Michael Sarah 
in his career whenever he was in like every movie for a little while. Oh yeah. Uh, Juno had just come out three years prior in 2007. Uh, Sarah's still writing on the success of that and his role in Arrested Development in 2003. He was, like, real big in the comedy movie scene for that time period. Michael, Sarah, I don't hate you, but your face is very punchable. I don't know if this was post-Superbad. I think it was him in Superbad. Yeah, no, he was in Superbad. That movie was very awkward. I I've imagine, seen it like, multiple times, and it's never. it's never not a weird movie. Judd Judd Apatow movies do not age well. They don't tend to age well, so I'm not sure about that one. Um, Uh Hilariously in this movie, uh, there's a lot of evil exes here, and a lot of the evil exes are hilarious when um, you find out what they do now. So one of the evil exes is Chris Evans. (laughs) Back when I dated Captain America. Yeah, he plays plays Lucas Lee, like a movie star. He looks like he's trying to be like fucking... He looks like he's cosplaying Hugh Jackman. Oh, his his biker jacket. Right? He's got, oh my he's god. Got like the, he's got like the chin Together. strap beard mm-hmm. and he's talking like this the whole movie. I love it so much. I uh And this is pre Captain America, by the it's way. This is pre Captain America. And I honestly I love seeing like Chris Evans get to do other things. Like yes. he was Captain America for so long. Like I've yet to see Knives Out and I really want to. Oh my gosh, cause... I want to see Knives Out so bad. I want to see a uh, yes, I want to see Snowpiercer. <laughs> I really want to watch Snowpiercer cuz that was a uh, that was made by Bong Joon-ho, the guy that made Parasite and it's supposed to be real good. Mm, yeah, Chris I haven't seen Parasite yet. Oh, Parasite's so fucking good. Okay, it's I, it's fucked up, though. This is just, this is just the list of movies. Yeah, all right. Oh, uh, no, yeah, this uh, is let's... just us hanging out now. Well, yeah. Say, um, okay, okay, okay. So also one of the one of the evil exes, speaking of Marvel, is Brie Larson, who is, uh, I believe... Oh, she's not one of Ramona's evil No, she's not one of Ramona's evil exes, but she's Scott's ex-girlfriend. She plays Andy Adams. Uh, so and Captain Marvel dated Scott Pilgrim. She um, has wild, wild... Uh... Pig, pigtail hair. Yes. Uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who plays Ramona Flowers in this film, is now Huntress in the recent DC Birds of Prey movie. Um, and as Hayden pointed out to me, Mae Whitman, who now voices Tinkerbell, plays Ramona's female ex, yeah. uh, Roxy. Roxy oh. Richter. Oh, gee. Uh, I already talked about Edgar Wright, the director. Um... So, for what we're going to be speaking a lot about, I do want to divert for just a moment to talk to you about another podcast reading of this film. There's a podcast called Small Beans, which is uh, conducted by ex-crack.com staff members who uh, go into a lot of the analytics of sort of how films are made, uh, rather than sort of the messaging within them. I mean, they do go into that as well, but a lot of the time they do tend to talk about, like, filmmaking as a craft um yeah and they pointed out that this movie is brilliant every frame of this movie is just cinema sorry cinematography genius just because every single like effect is meant to be like a quick transition all the practical effects are really impressive all of the video game-esque like stat bars and effects are really cool and visually impressive Mm -hmm. it is a beautiful film i mean that's it's really like it is a nice looking film i love it it, no denying that. That's it combines certain. elements of video games and comic books into a live-action medium seamlessly. But I don't know enough about cinematography to be all impressed by it. I'm an angry millennial, and I <laughs> want my adaptations to be accurate to plot. I, I don't <laughs> think that that excuses what's going on with the plot, so... No. <laughs> okay, so... um. Let's let's go into uh, what 
is happening at the beginning of this movie because um, what happened in pre-production, as we said, because uh, this movie was written in the middle of the comics release, mm-hmm. the director and I believe screenwriter Edgar Wright didn't have the whole thing to go off of. Now, in the beginning of the comic, Scott, the uh, 23-year-old protagonist in the comic, is dating 17-year-old Knives Chow. Um, basically, everyone's like, what the fuck are you doing? You're leading on this girl and you're just dating her to make yourself feel better and feel cool. Yeah, um, yeah. and also she's, like, Catholic school girl. Um, in the movie, they only age him down by, like, a year. Yeah, they do age him down by a year. So but, we'll, like, just, like... But even we'll then, it's that. not much better. <laughs> no, it's still weird and gross. So, so bad. Like, we're all in our 20s now, and if anyone our age started dating, like, someone who's the age of Jess's little brother who's in high school, we'd all be like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah? Like, yeah. Um, I'd be concerned. I'd be deeply concerned. Um, so I would fight them. I would also be tempted to fight them. So uh, that's weird. Um, but the point is that he's skeevy and like in the comic, this is presented as like a gross shitty thing that he does. Cause he immediately like basically cheats on her to go start dating Ramona and then breaks up with her abruptly. Whenever she tells it, whenever knives tells Scott that she loves him, Scott mm-hmm. just breaks up with her right there. Um, and for the rest of the comic, Knives is sort of pining after him, and then, like, over the course of the comic, she finally gets over him, realizing that, like, this was just a phase in her life. Um, in the movie, it was originally planned for Scott and Knives to get together by the end. Like, this this is reflected in the whole film until the very final scene. Yeah. Yeah, literally And it's, like, weird, and you can kind of tell... Yes. That and it's really... That's what they were leaning towards... Yes, and it's super weird because they didn't, they never really addressed the problem of he's still way older than her and that's still super weird. And that they're at totally different stages in their lives and that, you know, she needs to fucking graduate. And... Yeah. No, we we can um, we can get into that whenever we get into the end of the film. How are Knives' grades? That's what I want to know. Someone tell me how Knives is doing at school. I imagine fine. Yeah. Um, so the film was famously a box office flop. It did not make back its budget, I believe. Um, which I mean, okay, that's that they they don't deserve that. Uh, I I remember reading reviews where people said that like young people of the time, like kids, weren't really a like kids who were sort of into that weren't really going to go see it because it um all the references were kind of like old they like eighties and nineties video game references. And now yeah. everyone's eating that crap up. Yeah, it was it was in a time before like nineties retro became like really big. I mean, I, 90s retro was there. It was definitely a thing, but it wasn't like worshipped like it is right now. It, yeah, it is worshipped right now. Yeah, we've it's because everyone's a bit on like 80s. the everyone's after the nostalgia. Ah, the good old days before the pandemic. Indeed. Um, um, oh, pre 9/11 America or Canada. This is this is a very Canadian. Oh, yeah, this is this is the mysterious land of Canada, uh, which I. Brad and I are stupid Americans. We don't know what Canada's like. We don't know what a, such a strange like. alien world. That's true. I know with free healthcare and Tim Hortons. <laughs> free healthcare, Tim Hortons, maple syrup. Yep. Yeah, that's literally just the foundation of Canada, right there. That's all Canada. <laughs> I know that the Constitution of moose. Canada. Um, so this movie did become a uh, cult classic because of the aforementioned. You know, the director is really well regarded. The effects are really well regarded. Um, it just didn't find an audience at the time. Um, 
Hey, at least they didn't make Scott Pilgrim 2, because if they had done that, then I just would have to die. Scott Pilgrim 2, <laughs> Electric Boogaloo? Yeah, I would die. On the spot. Just death. Insta-death. Yeah, just insta-death. I won't even watch it. Okay, uh, when we were- This hypothetical wa- movie. When we were watching the movie, and I said that we would keep track of this, I also wrote down what uh, you guys were drinking. Don't make me go want to get a drink, dude. Don't do it. <laughs> it's Come only, on. like, four in the afternoon- Five it's exactly now. the time, I guess. So, Jess, Hayden, what did you guys, uh, what were you drinking? I was we drinking brandy. Just on the brandy, rocks. Brandy, you're a fine girl. What were you drinking, Jess? I have it written down Rhubarb there if you forgot. Rhubarb liqueur. I didn't forget. Rhubarb liqueur. Which, by the way, you shouldn't just drink rhubarb liqueur. Um, it's, put it in, put it in your drinks. Don't just drink liqueur in general. I made the, uh, <laughs> I made the critical mistake of making popcorn before the movie, but it was, like, I don't know, like 20 minutes before we thought we were going to watch the movie, and I just ended up eating all the popcorn before we started watching the movie. That's how it always That works. sounds about right. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, you prepare, like, a big plate of snack for yourself for, like, watching something, and then you have it done before, like, the opening credits are over. Yeah. That's, like, the the pro- that's, that's relatable problem. It's, it's that's not That's just the process of watching movies. <laughs> that's, that's true. That's true. That's very it's true. It's all part of it. Um... Okay, so uh, I'm going to go through real quick the characters who we're going to be referring to, for those of you who haven't watched the film. Uh, I know. I apologize now, Brad, for the audio you're going to have to cut out because the people I'm living with are using a power saw outside. I do not even hear it over your mic. Okay, cool. Great. I your, hope your mic that... is stronger than their power saw. <sighs> it's stronger. But yeah. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> All right. Anubis is crying outside. But, but is our microphone stronger than our cat? Okay. Um, I can't hear so... Newbie, so. Oh, well. She's a crying. Um, okay, so it's Scott and his band, which is called Sex Bob-omb, in reference to the Bob-omb's from uh, Mario. Um, there's Scott himself, Scott Pilgrim. There's Kim Pine, who's Scott's ex-girlfriend. Kim Pine, oh goodness. She's real cool. She's the only one who really has any definition in this film. And she doesn't even get all the definition she has in the comics. Yes. Just, just uh, we, we can talk about that later, but yeah. Yeah. There's Stephen Stills, who's like the lead of the band. There's young Neil, who just sort of hangs out and uh, stands in for Scott when he's out. And then there's also Scott, uh, and his, rather, it's Scott's roommate, Wallace Wells, who the movie at every single opportunity reminds, reminds us is gay because yes. at the t- at the time when this came out that was a big deal. Yes. There is also um Scott's younger sister Stacy Pilgrim who isn't in it too much and who well and every time she is in it it's just cuz Wallace is stealing her boyfriends yep. or dates. Yes. Which uh, is a fun gag but yes. still <laughs> It's fun, but it's also like, hey, did you know that he's gay and that gay people are whores? <laughs> did you know that gay people exist? Yep. Isn't did- it amazing? Okay. I know. We're in Canada. Yes. All the way in the in the mysterious <laughs> the great The great gay north. The great the gay, gay north. The gay north. Uh, great. The gay white north. Um, the gay white north. Yeah, that was sort of all right, so then oh, there's Scott like... Pilgrim's love interests, Ramona Flowers and Knives Chow. Um, Ramona Flowers is a mysterious girl with uh, multicolor hair. She changes her hair color a couple times. Who, uh, oh, no. Actually, she only changes it, like, 
three times. In the movie? Yeah, in the movie, she only changes it three times, uh, but... What'd you kick over? I kicked over my charger. That's why I will stop talking for just a second. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, I kicked over my charger, but uh, yeah, it's only red, blue, and green, and in the comic, let me tell you what, son. <laughs> it's multiple colors. It's also worth noting that the, the film takes place over the course of a couple of weeks. The comic takes place over the course of about a year. Um, which also changes how the comic plays out. Um, Knives, again, 17 years old, uh, sort of naive schoolgirl who they also notice Asian at every given opportunity. Oh my god. Um, there's also Envy Adams, Scott's ex-girlfriend, who, uh, for backstory on the story in both the film and the comic, a year before both stories, Envy broke up with Scott, and ever since then he's been an unemployed loser who has been just chilling in depression with uh, Wallace Wells sort of just bumming off of him, refusing to get a job or really do anything productive. So we start the story about with, sorry, we start the story with a guy who lost his job, got broken up with, has been living unemployed for a year and started dating a high schooler. He's pretty pu- fucking pathetic. Yeah, Scott's he's, pretty pathetic. He's a, he's yeah. a little bitch. Yeah, I know. Scott's a little bitch, and I'm like, I don't like this character. I okay. would punch him in the face. Let's, oh let's, my uh, god. Kim Pine, Kim Pine just lives the life that I would live, which is hating Scott. Yeah. Kim, Kim Pine yeah. also dated Scott in the past, and he sort of let and he sort of left her behind unceremoniously. So she's also one of his exes. Um. All right. So as for Ramona's evil exes, because these are all people that Ramona has left because she has basically lived her whole life sort of emotionally avoiding responsibility and commitment. Um, there, the first is Matthew Patel, an Indian guy who, uh, likes singing. Um, he's like a goth pirate looking dude. Um, there's Lucas Lee, the aforementioned Chris Evans, uh, who's a movie star. There's Todd Ingram, who is a psychic because he's a vegan, because that's a, that's a joke gag. Because vegans. Vegans are- Do you know vegans exist? Vegans are better than real people. I will say uh, I did enjoy that gag. Like, obviously we'll expand on it later, but it was very funny. It is very good. And Todd Ingram in this is, uh, he played Superman in Superman Returns, like the 2005 Superman movie. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's, that's some fun stuff right there. Uh, Roxy Richter, uh, who is the female ex of, uh, Ramona Flowers. Um, she is just sort of a punk girl. Um, there's yeah. Kyle and Ken Katianagi, who are Japanese DJ twins in this. In the uh, in the comic, they're roboticists. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's Gideon Graves, who is a uh, music producer. Uh, well, in this, is he's like a mu- music producer and then like club owner. Um, in the comic, he's like a software engineer. Um, but the basic premise is that he organized the seven evil exes and he was like negging ramona to like make her addicted to him basically to like mind control her into dating him which is like an actual abuser tactic can can someone explain to me what the word negging means so that means like undermining your self-confidence so that you'll date someone Uh... so like constantly making you feel like shit and then like pulling away from the relationship when you want like affection so that whenever then you leave then you come back and just shower them with affection so basically just making someone feel like they need you and they and that you are less than them disgusting yeah it's gross but that's what gideon did yeah so yeah gideon's gross okay i have a bunch of notes on contrasting the comic we'll wait to go into that until after 
Um, I was going to say, yeah, you need to know the plot of the movie before you can contrast the comic. Yes. Even though the, we already told <laughs> you the plot. out so many fucking comic references. We, we already told you I the know. plot of the movie, but I'll, we'll get into the actual details. Um, so, Scott, uh, other note on Scott's family. Scott's parents are rich enough to chill out in Europe, which is where they are. They don't say this in the film, but in the comic this is explained. He basically has never had to worry about money in his entire life. Um, in, in the comic specifically, they also... Basically offered to buy him an apartment, and then they offered to buy him a car or a horse if he wants it. Weird. Yeah. Car or a horse. Rich people. Yeah. He also has uh, he also has a little brother who he doesn't even recognize because he's just never been around. Just to underscore how he's kind of shitty. Scott Pilgrim is the worst. Okay. So, all right, let's uh, let's let's do this. Let's jump in. Let's jump on in. Okay, so as as the uh, as the movie points out, we we start off in the mysterious land of Toronto, Canada, where Scott is dating a high schooler. Yep. Yep, because that's what you do in Toronto, I guess. There's nothing to do. That's, yes, what, we do. that's what you do in Toronto. All of you in Toronto. You get you I get don't depressed. live there, but there's nothing to do in Toronto, so I mean, based on stories of Toronto, you get depressed, go broke, and then leave Toronto, which does happen yeah. to a lot of characters in Scott Pilgrim, the comic. That sounds about right. Um, Toronto, I've heard, is very expensive to live in. It sure um, is. But there's good voiceover work there, apparently. That's true. I've, I've heard that as well. Adox does that. Um, okay, so he's dating Knives, and then he tells everyone in his band this, because he hadn't before, and they're all like, Scott, you need to leave her. She is literally in high school. Um... Specifically, Kim, because she's one of Scott's exes, basically tells him that uh, he is very, very creepy and that it's gross that he's doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pointed out then, basically, they're all like, fuck you, Scott, but they're still letting him be in the band. And the other the other members of the band, like Steven and Neil, outside of Kim, are both kind of like, yeah, that's gross. Also nice. She's yeah. a Catholic school because she's, she's a Catholic school girl, and it's like a fetish thing because she's Asian too. Um, oh my god! It's so fucking weird. Movie. Yeah, it's real weird. Um, so then he goes home to Wallace, and Wallace is also like, "Scott, you're gross. You shouldn't be doing that." Yeah, um, no one ever like abandons him over it. Yeah. Um, for some reason. It's also pointed out very, very quickly that Wallace owns everything in the house. Uh, yeah. Scott is literally just bumming off of him in every capacity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Scott's um, just really insufferable and i i'm like okay while this movie's cool and i love the visuals I just rooting for him as a protagonist is occasionally you difficult. can't you literally can't root for him okay i we we, we will get into that um <laughs> don't you dare get me on track brad the track of this podcast is we hate scott pilgrim as a person okay yes that's, exactly that's a great, I, don't we, fucking we, shut me down bradley Okay, we I'm, will sorry. End you. I'm sorry. I'm being destroyed. <laughs> I'm being eviscerated on our podcast. Um, exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh no, I'm the Scott Pilgrim. I deserve to be destroyed. Yep. No. I'll... Don't say that about yourself. That's 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 harsh, bro. <laughs> that's <you>. harsh. <laughs> Thank you. Um, me as a 15 year old liked Scott Pilgrim in this movie. So like, take that as you will. I was Oof. I was a pathetic 15 year old. Let's not talk about how I feel about you as a teenager, all right? So, like, I want to talk about that aspect specifically later. Not me as a teenager, but, like, how this film can be misinterpreted. Um, One quick difference that Jess always pointed out about the comic that I noticed whenever I read the comic. Scott in the comic is way more, like, sort of charismatic and, like, confident. He's just sort of like, 
Oh, yeah, you know, I'm just doing it because it's easy. I'm just chilling out otherwise. He's still relatively reprehensible, but, like, he, he's not... He's not a Michael Sarah played milksop. Sorry, yeah. Michael Sarah again. Yeah, he um he's also like noted to be kind of jockey. He's like very physically fit, and they say that he's like the best fighter in the province. So like, he's he's different. He's a different kind of sort of loser. He's he's intolerable for different reasons, but in the movie, he's intolerable and he's very whiny. Very whiny. Because Michael Sarah's playing him as like a sort of Michael Sarah ish whiny like a character. Yeah. He's playing it Michael Sarah. Yeah, he's playing it. Uh, he's he's playing up his own Michael Sarahness, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, which was a request of the author of the original comics to get Michael Sarah to play Scott Pilgrim. So that's that's worth noting as well. Confusing, okay. but yeah. Yes. Okay. So Scott calls his sister. His sister is immediately mad at him for doing this, and Scott's like, eh, "But I want to date a high schooler. It's easy." And she calls him out because uh, Knives is just a rebound for him for being broken up with by Envy. Um, so, uh, Wallace then accompanies Scott to pick up Knives at school. Wallace immediately tells Knives to leave him because she's better than him, which is true. (laughs) Um, uh, so immediately Scott and Knives go out for a date and all Scott wants from Knives essentially is just compliments about himself. He just wants her to keep telling him about how cool he is. And he like whips out like video game trivia to sound cool because she's 17 and when you're 17 someone whipping up video game trivia is very very cool ah the pac-man yeah he starts keeps talking about like it's It's, it's from the japanese paku paku they didn't want to call it uh puck-man because that could be defaced as fuck-man like he he whips that out to knives and she's like oh that's so interesting and then it shows them like playing a video game um together and it's like a co-op video game to foreshadow later in the movie that they're gonna fight together um which is interesting and i i will say i really i'm just gonna interject here i think that video game looks really fucking cool oh like the ninja the ninja one if a video game producer would like to make that in an arcade that'd be a lot of fun i mean it'd be really hard to do it made me think of somewhere between like D &D, or not D &D, ddr and fruit ninja it looks yeah mix between both Honestly, Don't I implement backflips though, because then you'll get sued. Yes. Yeah, no. But I'm just like that would be like a really interesting game, and I'd be super down. I'm like I yes. suck at DDR, but I'm like a game like that would actually make me do a rhythm game. I don't know. Sorry, cutting you off, but I just think it's an interesting game, and I just want no, to. No, that's interject. fair. We need to play more. Our D- new rhythm game idea. We need to play more DDR. We have the mats now. What? Again. Jealous. Brad, now I'm, I'm going to put you back on track. Stop talking about how we should be doing our, our aerobics. Okay. Um, you old person. Okay, so uh, fucking Ramona works for Amazon. She's doing deliveries, and Scott sees her, because basically he's walking around with knives and realizing that, like, this is an empty and meaningless relationship. And then Ramona goes through his head and is like, this is just a stupid daydream. Well, no, it's a dream. Well, I mean, yeah. It, it transitions like it's a daydream, and then it turns out it's a dream, and he's in bed. Did we mention that magic is real? Just want to throw that one it's, out there. Yeah, magic and video game logic is just casually real in this, and it's never really explained. No one discusses it. Yeah. Um. Is it ever discussed in the comic, or is it just kind of a thing? It's just kind of there. It's okay. kind of there. At least people say more about it, in my opinion. But yeah. I think so, yeah. Um. The movie's rushed, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, so... um. Scott sort of falls in love just after seeing Ramona. Which, I mean, <laughs> who would? Well, when uh, you're a sexually repressed 23-year-old 
Yeah. No. I guess. He, it's a manic 20, pixie dream 22, girl 22, walking into your brain. 22-year-old in this yes. to make it oh, better I'm that sorry. he's trying to date. No, no I, I I agree with you. It's <laughs> gross and it's it's weird. Um, Okay, so then he goes to a party uh, of his friends. And then, and then he hears that uh, Ramona Flowers is going to be there because he's asking around. And then everyone's like, you shouldn't date her. Uh, his sister's one friend is like, don't date her, Scott. You've been shitty to like every girl you've ever been with. Yeah, it's scary one. The scary friend says that. Yeah, Julie. Who gets more in the comics as well. Yeah. Um, but Scott goes and tries to appro- approach Ramona. And he tries to whip out that Pac-Man knowledge. And she immediately brushes him off. She's like, okay. She's. <laughs> Yeah, and then he leaves. Um, so then he basically goes and stalks her around the party for a little bit, and then he starts asking people after she leaves about her. Finds out that she's an Amazon delivery person, and then he uh, starts trying to figure shit out about it. Um, so he orders like an Amazon package to try to get her to show up and give it to him, which mm-hmm. it's so funny that Amazon is in this. Um, I love it. Uh, and also that Scott doesn't really know how computers work. Yes. Um, or how to read an email. Yeah, he's so lazy. Um, also, it's worth noting that Matthew Patel, the first ex-boyfriend, actually starts messaging Scott before Scott and Ramona are even dating. That is both in the comic and in the film. Uh, presumably just because they're gross and stalking her. Um, so, uh, Ramona comes to drop off. I think he orders like a book or a CD or some shit. And then she's like, all right, sign for this. And he's basically like, I'm not going to sign for this until, like, you agree to hang out with me sometime. Which is, like, weird and creepy. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's, yeah. he's literally harassing her at her job. Yeah, no, he's ordering packages just to see her, which is fucking weird. Yeah. Like, if you if you barely know someone and they have not expressed interest in talking to you again, then, yeah, that's weird. Um, Again, this is just the We Shit on Scott Pilgrim as a character podcast, or movie Scott Pilgrim specifically. Alright, so then, like, Scott sort of whines at her for a while, because they go out on, like, a date later that night in a snow storm. And he basically whines at her and says that, you know, he's between jobs and that type of thing. And she doesn't really give him any information on her life. Um, Which will continue to be the case for yes, Ramona, most of this movie. An initial part of the draft and part of the direction, it's worth noting, for this film was whenever they had initially planned for Knives to be the love interest, the director, Edgar Wright, specifically told the actress for Ramona to not be too emotional and don't seem too emotionally open, to just be distant so as to make it feel like it's not as, like, you're not rooting as much for Ramona and Scott because Ramona is so not there. You don't know her as a character as the viewer, really, in the movie. She's very enigmatic. She's very enigmatic. And very cold. But regardless of the date not going so great because he's whining and then she's just sort of like, eh, whatever. Um, she takes him back to her apartment, offers him tea, they start making out. And then she's like, I'm not going to have sex with you right now, but I can take that back later if I feel like it. And she seems into him all of a sudden. It feels very sudden. In this it's very weird. She... And I'm like, I think that's where they're like, you know, let's go this route instead. I yeah. think I think wanting to have a quickie with someone is not necessarily like I'll be in a relationship with you though. I think that that one I'm just yeah. like eh, it's just yeah. casual but sex. This, this, They're in their twenties. This seems more like a quickie than it does like again, it's it's a different direction than what the comic is going in. Again, to lead in yeah. that knives direction. Um so uh so Scott also constantly in conversation with other people talks about he 
how he and his band are shitty. Like, he, he constantly talks about how bad the band is. Um, yeah, it's just that shitty band that I'm in, even though he doesn't actually participate. He doesn't practice that much. He doesn't either. practice. He doesn't effort. even participate because he's a piece of shit. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> um, Scott Pilgrim is the scum of the earth. Yeah. That's what this, that's what this podcast is about. Yes. I mean, uh, at one point, Kim, this is in the comic and in the movie, Kim calls him the salt of the earth. And then he goes, oh, and then she's like, I meant scum, scum of the earth. Yeah. <laughs> um. So then he invites Ramona to come see his band, play at a show, and then, unfortunately, Knives is also going there because he forgot because he's a stupid asshole. <laughs> they meet briefly. He tries to keep it undercover. Uh, it doesn't go well. They try to play a song, and then it gets interrupted by Matthew Patel showing up, and then Matthew Patel challenges Scott to a fight. Scott beats the shit out of him. And That's Matthew Patel does a Bollywood number for some reason. Yeah, it's a little bit racist. It's a little... Everyone's a little bit racist. Except this time it's really fucking bad. <laughs> it's That song does not age well. That's, that song has aged very poorly. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, so... There's no reason for Scott to really win this fight. Because, again, in the in the comic, he's, like, a jock guy, kind of. He, like, got into fights and was, like, a punk kid. In the, in the movie, it's just, like, I'm good enough at this one video game that I can fight people. Yeah, he's, he's just sort of a whiny brat and then it doesn't seem as feasible but it's fine like that's i'm not gonna fault the movie for that aspect necessarily um but he does win the fight and then afterwards he ditches the venue uh to leave with ramona and then presumably they bone and then what do you mean presumably they bone they absolutely they boned. boned what i don't remember that i think they bone afterward i'm um, pretty sure they don't bone in this movie I think they, well they don't bone on screen. I know they don't bone on screen. I'm just saying that they don't. I don't he think acts Scott like gets he acts it. like they bone. He acts like they bone because he comes in with like the Seinfeld thing. Oh no! He says he made it to second some, second, second base, to, like, second so base. he touched her boobies. Okay, so so yeah, there you go. Um, so then, I am only here to make sure that we're accurate on who who is fucked Ramona in this movie, and that's nobody. <laughs> Indeed. Um, okay, so he comes home and he's bragging to Wallace like, hey, I got with Ramona. And then Wallace is like, that's great. You need to go break up with knives. And then, uh, and this is a quote now, when uh, Wallace tells Scott to do this, Michael Sarah goes, but it's hard. Yep. And I'm like, and I want to kill you. Yep, yep. <laughs> ah, they leaned so yep. hard into the Michael Sarah-ness. They that's sure do. A- Scott tries to break up with knives or like find a reason to break up with knives because she's like, yeah, I want you to meet my family. And he says, are you allowed to date outside your race? Which is a yikes. Oh my God. I forgot he said that. And, and then, How much do I have? To, so I'm just going to keep screaming about the Orientalism in this movie until, you know, and then knives. I, I forget if that was in the comic or not. It may have been um, knives possible knives uh, says that she loves Scott and then he breaks up with her. And she's like, is that both in the movie and the? Yes, that part. Okay, I couldn't fucking remember. I have goldfish memory. Okay, so then he Scott Scott Ramona go on a date again. She comes over. He starts fretting about his hair because Envy broke up with him after he got a haircut. Uh, they sort of just hang out, and then they get ready to go fight, or they go get ready to see Lucas Lee on a set. And Wallace says that he's stalking Lucas Lee because he's into him. Which is also like, haha, gay dude. Haha, gay men. They're just ravenously gay. They don't do anything except gay things. Oh, also, it's worth noting that whenever um, 
because this is only in a couple places when Ramona recalls uh, dating Matthew Patel comic segments from the comic appear on the screen which was uh, cool you will see that yeah that's cool the inclusion thought, of comic and video game elements in this are cool yeah like this this movie is visually really impressive the writing yes. is sometimes a little hit or miss it's very funny the movie is very funny the movie's and, hilarious like, it, i love it when but... it's not being terribly offensive and even sometimes when it's being terribly offensive yeah like wallace is in even though we're describing him as like a guy who steals boyfriends and or and doing all kinds of other shit he is still hilarious wallace he's still great. such an enjoyable character i love yes. him mm-hmm. yeah he's he's great i don't dislike him at all he's a great character um so uh they go to lucas lee's set and again, there's Chris Evans, which is hilarious. And then Chris Evans uh, just sort of beats the shit out of Scott for a little bit. And then... Um, As he should. He goes to do a thing where like, he's like, all right, Scott, I'll help you up. And then we'll talk about this for a bit. And then he just punches him. In the comic, they do actually talk for a while in this. Lucas Lee's just an asshole. Which, I mean, is a funny punchline in this. It is a very funny punchline in this. But in the comic, I think it's even funnier because it's like, oh, I didn't expect that. (laughs) Well, yeah. In in the comic, the difference here is that, like, the other exes tend to reflect a lot upon Ramona. Like, they talk a lot in the comic about how Ramona is or was as a person. Whereas in this, they don't really talk a lot. They just say, Ramona hurt me and now I'm going to beat the shit out of you. Ramona hurt me and now I'm going to hurt you. Yeah. So, like, you don't get as much of the conversations or depth there. Which, again, may have been a conscious choice to get the knives thing going, but we'll we'll save that to the end. Okay, so, uh, Scott can't beat Lucas Lee. So, um, he knows that Lucas Lee was a professional skateboarder, so he challenges him to go down this crazy uh, set of rails. Lucas Lee does this, tries this after being goaded into it, and explodes. Again, it's a good bit. It's very, very funny. Anybody, um who lives in toronto i want to know those are like those types of stairs are pretty prevalent in pittsburgh too i could totally see someone eating shit trying to do a, a skate trick on them absolutely and also probably actually dying and going to one of our various hospitals yes absolutely that sounds about right mm-hmm, and people mm-hmm. uh there's a lot of rails like that in toronto as well like for real so uh the hills are alive with the sound of Scott Pilgrim. With the sound of Chris, with the sound of Chris Evan eating shit at the bottom of like yep. two hundred stairs. Yes. Yep. Okay. So, um, Lucas Lee explodes. Chris Evans' whole bit is hilarious and great. Um, Chris Evans in general does a very good job. Chris Evans is ne- so good, and I love him as this character so much. I just think it's such a departure of like what we like saw. What we know him for. What we know him for. It's such a great departure. Like obviously he did this first, but it's so fun. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. such it's so much fun watching him be an asshole. Because I'm not gonna lie, I find Chris Evans as Captain America pretty boring. Hey, that's that's a different podcast. I won't Indeed. I won't fight you right now. Indeed. Um. Okay. So, uh, next day, uh, Wallace is trying to encourage Scott to pursue Ramona and like move in with her. This is just because Wallace openly admits he wants to kick Scott out, mm-hmm. which I respect. Yeah, I would. Fuck Scott. Yeah. Uh, Knives tries to come over, and talk to Scott, and you uh you see Scott jump out the window which is a <laughs> from behind wallace this was like centuries. one of my favorite fucking shots mm-hmm. yes and it's and wallace is like he's not in right now then you see him jump out the fucking window yeah and then you see him come in you see him like walk away through like another window it's great it's visually fantastic again this movie is hilarious yeah um so then as scott goes to leave 
and this is another departure. Uh, I will just mention this because uh, this this is like diverging points. Uh, he's attacked by an assailant who he does not recognize. In this, it is Roxy Richter, one of Ramona's exes. In the comic, at this point, he's attacked by Knives' father. Oh, weird. Wait, what? Wait, really? I didn't even... I didn't even remember that at all. Yes, Knives' father attempts to attack Scott because he... You have to tell me what his weapon was. It was a katana. Of of course course. it was! Of course it was a katana. Um, Scott, in the comic, uh, he gets assaulted by Knives' father because Knives' father finds basically a little shrine to Scott in Knives' room and he, like, rips off the picture. And good on Knives' dad! Yeah, because, you know, uh, Scott is, like, an asshole to his daughter. So, like, that's, that's what's going on there. In this, it's just Roxy. Um, uh, it's worth noting that Scott actually gets the power of love to fight Roxy, if I'm remembering correctly in the comic, but, um, we'll, we'll get, again, we'll get into that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Just shoehorned in later. Um, so, uh, Scott then goes to talk to his sister for a little bit at the coffee shop that she works at. And then Julie is there, the girl who told him not to date Ramona. And she starts cursing at him, which is very funny, because she does, you know, sensor beeps and there's a sensor bar over her mouth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then she's like, Envy Adams is back in town, your ex-girlfriend's back in town. And then he's like, oh, seriously? He sees the poster, he looks over at the poster, and then he realizes it's actually her standing in front of the poster in the exact spot that, like, the poster is, so it looks like she blends in with it. And then she steps out and she's like, hi, Scott. The gags are, the gags are very good. The gags it's are very good. good. And it was, like, really seamless, too. I was like, good job, Did- Again, good visually job, fantastic. Visual, visual, just good job. <laughs> All right, and then she's like, you should come see the show, and then he reluctantly agrees because uh, they get the, I forget if in, in the movie they get the chance to, like, open for her, but in the comic they do. Um, basically, Scott's also mad because her career took off as a musician while his did not. It's not like he um, tries very hard, though. It's not like he tries very hard, but he's, like, resentful. She also mentions that she's jealous of him dating Ramona Flowers. Um, she wants to date. I'm kidding. No. I mean, um, Ramona's Ramona's much cuter. So same. In my in my opinion. Indeed. Um, it's worth noting that in the comic you get a lot of envy. Um, you see that she used to be like an anime nerd who was really shy, and then Scott sort of brought her into this life. Mm-hmm. And then like you see like he also hurt her feelings and a lot of other shit. Um, in the movie you don't get any of that. You just get that she's like she became an asshole. Um. Uh, she plays this, she does a show, she sings a song, Envy does, uh, and then- It's a good song. It's a very good song. Go listen to- Black Sheep is the Black, song. Black Sheep, yeah. Uh, Metric does a full version. Yes, and Brie Larson looks very good On doing Spotify! It. Yes. Brie Larson, specifically, I noted, has good hair game whenever she sings it. Oh my god. She's, like, moving yeah. her hair back very rhythmically. It's very good. That specifically. I don't know what about the hair movement The got control me. was impressive. The hair control was very impressive. Um. Okay, so then Ramona, while watching this, notices that uh, Envy's, I believe it's her bass player or her drummer, I forget which in this, um, Bass player, bass player. Yeah, bass player. Um, Todd I was, I was about it. is actually Ramona's ex-boyfriend, Todd Ingram. And yep. Todd Ingram is now dating Envy. So they get invited to the back room, and Envy's just asking probing questions to Scott and uh, Ramona. In the meantime, Knives has started to date young Neil, the kid who hangs out with them, to try to make Scott jealous, but Scott doesn't really care. Yeah. Poor young Neil in this. Poor. 
Young Neil's hair. Young Neil's hair. Young Neil's hair is bad. I, he's got a beep cut. He does have a beeper cut. I don't, I don't mind it. Jess, Jess hates it. I hate it. Um, I, it was something. So, sorry, sorry, Young Neil, get dicked on. So, Knives is like freaking out because she loves Envy Adams and she's like trying to like fangirl to her and Envy's trying to talk to Scott. Um, yet another divergence point here. Uh, in the comic, Envy has her drummer punch Knives and then Knives is just taken out of the room by Young Neil and then the conversation continues where Envy insults Ramona and then Scott gets mad. In this, uh, in the film, Envy has Todd punch Knives. Uh, in, in both cases, Knives is, the color in Knives' hair comes out. So he knocks the color right out of her hair, or they knock the color right out of her hair, and Young Neil freaks out about that specifically, which is very funny. It. That's a great gag. Um, punch and the Scott gets mad. Out of her hair. Scott gets mad at uh, Knives being punched here, as opposed to Ramona being insulted and called a whore in the uh, comic. So again, reestablishing that Knives relationship. Um, so Scott tries to fight Todd. And then Todd starts beating the shit out of him with his psychic vegan powers, which are also a great gag. Um, here, uh, Todd does a base fight with Scott. And Todd wins. Um, Ramon also says a line to Scott, sort of encouraging him whenever he's like, you dated this asshole. And then she said, I dabbled in being a bitch. This line comes up at the end of the comic. Um, so Scott then is sitting there after getting his ass beat by Todd and he's next to some coffee and creamer and then he tricks Todd into drinking coffee with milk in it and the vegan police show up and shoot Todd and make all his vegan powers go away. Oh, so good. Which is a great bit. It's the so good. I, oh my God. I love the whole, like his veganism gives him like powers or whatever. Yes. It's funny. It's really funny gag. It's well played. I think like, I think this is one of my favorite, like, um, I think this is one of my favorite, like, evil exes, just because... Yes, it, it's a great fight. It's a great fight, and it's also just really fucking ridiculous. Yes, mm -hmm. it's it's visually great, because Scott gets, like, thrown through walls, and he gets thrown into orbit. And again, that base fight's real cool. Um, so, uh, it's worth noting here, and I'll bring this up again, so Envy, in the comic, um, is in a serious relationship with Todd, and she has been ever since she was a kid but there's a recurring theme of Todd sort of cheating on her. So she, the reveal in the comic is that she gets really fucking mad at Todd. Um, Envy actually has a fight with Ramona in the comic. Uh, that's worth noting as well. Oh um, yeah. But whenever she finds out that Todd is cheating on her, she knees him in the balls and says, both of us can be girls. In the, in the comic, uh, Scott also doesn't trick Todd into being, uh, uh, captured by the vegan police. It just sort of happens. Ta uh, Scott otherwise just gets the shit beaten out of him. Um, again, there's more depth here. Also in the, uh, in the comic, I skipped over this briefly, uh, while Knives is mad at Scott, she goes and tries to physically attack Ramona Flowers. And Ramona in the comic, actually you see hang out with Scott's sister. Ramona also hangs out with uh, Kim a little bit. So, like, Ramona in the comic is actively making friends with, like, Scott's friends and family. And trying yeah. to actually like, establish a life. Yeah, and, like, integrate. In the movie, she does none of that. She uh, is only around Scott. Which um, I really wish she had um, had more interaction with other characters. Like, I see how, like, for a movie, and they're like, well, we don't know. 
we don't want really Ramona to end up with Scott, so we're not going to like make much of an effort. But I really do That's... wish we had gotten more from her. You know, yes, that it's still a baffling decision. I I want to get. I want to get there at the end to like really yeah. dig into how baffling a decision it was to think that he should get with knives. Um, so uh, after this, after the whole Todd and Envy fight, they then head to like a bar, and Scott is immediately like mad that Ramona's like sort of being like, "Yeah, I don't know if I'm gonna stay in this town." And then she's like, "I mean, you're you're a, you're one of the best boyfriends I've ever had, but I'm not thinking I'm gonna stay in this town. Who knows? Who knows what I'm gonna be doing?" And then he he gets he immediately tries to get like validation and like a promise that she's gonna stay with him forever mm-hmm. which yikes um and then ramona um when they're at like this bar scott gets mad at her for the seven evil exes yeah and just basically calls her a hoe in so yeah words. like which mm-hmm. that's that's movie specific as well he doesn't get mad at her in the comic for the seven evil exes because that's victim blaming these yeah these exes are all abusive like track Stalking someone who you've dated specifically to either hurt them or sabotage their relationship is abusive. Yeah, it's all abusive, and I hate it. And then don't, don't get into video game fights with uh, with uh, your ex's new friends, guys. That makes you creepy. That makes you creepy and weird, and you should never do it. Yeah. Um. That's the lesson that this movie should teach you. So, um. Now let's let's talk about. So while they're in the bar, uh, Roxy comes up to attack scott and ramona um and initially ramona fights her which i like i like that ramona at least gets one fight in this film but yeah and i thought it was well choreographed for the most part yeah i don't like that it's a girl fight which i mean the comic also falls a little bit into that um but may we also the one of the most quoted lines of the time was uh i was a little bi curious I'm a little bi furious yes ramona says bi curious uh roxy says bi furious um, also a weird thing in this is that, like, Ramona having dated Roxy is treated dramatically as, like, something that Scott is bothered about, and he says it's like, it's like oh, a you, strange deviation. You, were, you were in a sexy phase, and she's like, it was just a phase. That's not in the comic. Her being bisexual is just a thing in the comic. So again, which, I, which I like about the comic. Like, I've read, yeah. like, a couple chapters of the first one, like, of the first volume. Okay. Way back if when. If you need me to... If you need me to send you the link to uh, read the rest, I can. If you can resend it to me, I'd love to read it. But um, yeah. just because it's interesting and I like the world. Yes. I don't. I will. I honestly. No, not I, you. I'm not even. I'm she's, sorry. She's yelling I'm telling, at me. I'm telling Brad. I mean, I just bought two books at the behest of my friend Erica. So, you know. Okay. Well, wait until you have until you have the means to do so but oh i do because the canadian indeed. government is nice <laughs> indeed indeed um but anyways okay mysterious okay. Canadian okay. Government. um so roxy then starts fighting scott and ramona's making scott fighter uh because roxy says scott has to beat them it can't be ramona um to beat roxy ramona has scott touch the back of her knee to make her orgasm to death essentially by the way whenever uh you defeat someone in this they explode into coins and According to the director, orgasm explodes into coins. Yes, uh, according to the director and according to the uh, author of the books, you whenever you get exploded, you just respawn at home, having learned your lesson. Um, yeah, you're not like dead. You're not like dead. Scott's not like a murderer. No. Okay, um, so, I never understood that. Yeah. It's, yeah, I never, I never got that either. It's weird. They don't um, explain it. 
Yeah, they never. So like they explode into coins and they're basically transported back to like where they're from. Yeah, 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 they basically respawn at home. Okay, cool. I didn't know that, and they never tell you that in the movie. So no, and you don't, and you don't see them again. So you just kind of like, all right, they're dead. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was like, cool. I guess they're dead. Thanks for making Scott shitty and kind of a murderer. Yeah. No, he's not a murderer. Okay. Cool. He's shitty, um, but he's not a worth, worth noting that Ramona tells Scott to make Roxy orgasm to death, essentially by touching the back of her knee. That was Envy uh, in the comic. In the comic, Scott tells Ramona to do that, and Ramona touches the back of Envy's knee to like win the fight with her. Oh. So, Roxy in the comic gets you get more of a relationship with her and Ramona. Like Roxy goes to stay with Ramona for a little while while she's in town because Roxy and her were friends. Um, to actually fight. I believe Roxy and Knives' dad, Scott, gains the power of love to defeat her. In the comic. In the comic, yes. So that's... Because it's where he starts to try to take his relationship with Ramona seriously, where he talks about, like, moving in with Ramona. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's considered, like, an important point of him showing that he's, like, committed. And that's, like, in the middle of the, uh, of the comic. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So... Um, right after this, and this is the point of the film where they're like blowing through X's just to try to get through them more quickly. Because mm-hmm. it's yeah, like no, he it fights Todd, and then very like, ten rushed. minutes later you fight Roxy. Yeah, and yeah. the Katyanagi twins are like, I I wouldn't even. It's a cool fight. It's a cool fight, but I wouldn't even count it as a fight. So like he gets mad at Ramona for the X's, and then she storms off, and then he gets told like, oh, we're doing a battle with the bands with the Katyanagi twins, who are also Ramona's ex boyfriends, and she dated both of them at once. Mm-hmm. They're uh, Japanese mm-hmm. twins. They do not talk in the movie. They are just DJs who they fight in a battle of the bands because they're just playing music at the same time. Yep. And it's a big, cool CGI battle with music. Mm-hmm. It's very pretty. Go ahead, Aiden. Huh? No, I was just saying, like, it's kind of shitty because it's like, yeah, these are my exes. They get no characterization outside of, oh, they're Asian twins. Yep. Yes. Yep. That's that's it. That's and I'm like and they that's have dragons. Like yep, Asian they have dragons. Drag- oh wow. Yeah. No. It's they rap and dragons come out. Or another app. They DJ and dragons. The come sheer out. Yeah. racism in this movie bothers me. Yeah. It's like it's like, like Orientalism, it's, and it's not. Yeah. It's not like they're bad. It's just like it's exoticization and like yeah, exactly. And I was like, um, guys. And there's a little bit of that in the comic, but it's not as prevalent. I would say. Same with, like, the, the exoticization of, like, queerness in the case of, like, uh, yeah. Ramona's relationship with Roxy and, like, Wallace. Yep, yep. Yep, yep. Um, also bad that Scott's defeat of the female villain has to be done by orgasm. Uh, that's that's also degrading to oh, yep, yep. women. Um, yep, yep, yep. Okay. Um, so... He f- beats the Katyanagis, and then he sees that Ramona's in the crowd talking to someone, and then he goes out of the Katyanagi show, um, and Gideon is there, and you don't get a lot of information on who Gideon is outside of that he's, like, a theater owner, and then that he's one of Ramona's exes. Um, Ramona goes to leave with him, and then Gideon's like, great, I'm getting back together with Ramona, and I'm opening up, opening up a theater, and you beat the Katyanagi twins, so no hard feelings, I'll let you play a show there. And then Scott's like, no, I'm not going to do that. And then, because he has been inconsistent about showing up to rehearsals and, like, playing with the band, immediately young Neil and Stephen Stills and Kim sign up to go play the music. Mm-hmm. Which, again, is, it's a nice thing, and I believe the director, Edgar Wright, said that um, he wanted the movie, from their perspective, to just be, like, Scott was holding them back as a band. Mm-hmm. Which isn't, you know, that's that's a good little detail. 
Unfortunately, you also miss out on some details in the comic, like Steven is gay and he's struggling with coming out as being gay for, like, most of the comic. Um, mm-hmm. You miss out on some other shit like that. Um, and uh, same with, like, a bunch of information on Kim and her relationship with Scott and then, like, young Neil's development. Um, but that's a good little moment. And then Ramona leaves with Gideon and it's not explained until later why uh, Scott's all upset. And then Scott also, like, basically dismisses Knives whenever she comes up to talk to him after beating the Katsuyanagis to go follow Ramona. Um, there isn't as much contrast with Gideon and Scott, because it is clear that Gideon... The intent in, I think, both the comic and the movie is that Gideon is Scott if Scott had more confidence and just followed through on being, like, shitty and controlling. Yeah, if he was... theory, but yes, I agree. Hmm? Uh, the parallels are definitely there, and I agree with you. Um, cause like if Scott followed through with like certain shitty behaviors and actually had a spine, he could easily become like Gideon, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He but has he has no choices. spine. So, but he has absolutely no spine. Yes. Not that we want him to be like Gideon. Cause my God, Gideon's No disgusting. God, he's yes. the worst, but you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Wallace, I believe encourages Scott to go get him. Um, Scott then goes to the club where the band is playing and Ramona's sitting with Gideon on Gideon's throne. Ramona's just sitting there passively. Um, I'll get in. With her green hair. With her green hair. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna skip comparing the comics from this point forward because the whole entire ending is different from the comics. Um, Mm -hmm. so Scott goes in, uh, is offered a Coke Zero by Gideon because he knows that Scott does not drink, which is also a thing in the comics that I'll get into later. Um, Scott upends the Coke Zero that the waitress is giving him which that waitress didn't deserve that poor waitress poor waitress scott's rude um and then he goes all right i'm here to fight you for ramona uh and that's i believe when he gains the power of love and then he mm-hmm. which is a sword in this and yeah he gets and, a sword out of his chest and it's the same in the comic um okay yeah. so when he when he does when he, when he does get the sword the, power of love in the middle of the comic he gets yeah. that at a different point. Anyway. Yes. Um. So, Scott beats up all of Gideon's goons, and then he goes to fight Gideon for Ramona like she's a piece of meat, which isn't great. Um. But, I mean, that's it's sort of pointed out by the film that that isn't great. Uh, Knife shows up to fight Ramona, uh, Ramona which is kind of shitty. But I'm like, I kind of get it. <laughs> yeah. But calls her fat, and then I'm like, that's... Mm. That's in the comic as well. She, yeah. she keeps calling her fat. Yeah. Which in the comic, Ramona is a little bit thicker, but I mean, that's... Uh, whatever. There's so much to unpack. There's a lot going on here. Um, Men writing women is, is yep. the short note. Um, <laughs> um, so, uh, Knives tries to fight Ramona for Scott, which is also shitty of Knives to do that. And I mean, like, that's... It, it's shown here to be like more emotionally sincere in the comics when it happens it's well i mean but knives is also being taught by all these adults around her that that's apparently how you win people right that's yep. true um but this is like toward the end of her character arc as opposed to the beginning which yeah, is yeah but great. she's still a fucking teenager no she's i agree a teenager, it's just bad and she's being heavily influenced by those around her and i think that's kind of like i she's like it's very scott, by all the dumb scott, scott acknowledges that it's shitty that he sort of is not being honest with her about it and like didn't give her closure because he does say that it's shitty and it's his fault that they're fighting but it it does remove agency from knives which isn't great under the premise that knives was going to end up with scott in the original ending okay let's 
ignore that right now because we can talk about the ending in a minute let's talk about what happens next so scott goes to fight gideon he's uh again knives fighting ramona and then gideon breaks the power of love and then stabs scott through the chest and tells him game over yep okay yep scott scott's in the desert of sadness or whatever the fuck yes scott's in the desert of sadness thinking that like he's dead and then ramona tells him like yeah this is all you know it's all shitty and i i can't resist him and then scott's like oh or, or Ramona says he's a way of getting into my head and Scott's like oh and then she's like no he has an actual way of getting in my head and then it's revealed that she has a chip in the back of her head that's like being used by Gideon to like mind control him or mind control her <laughs> and Scott's like that's awful and then she's like you, maybe you shouldn't be fighting for me and um so then Scott uses a one-up that I think he gives her to go back go through the whole thing again but go through it faster and then instead of fighting Gideon on behalf of Ramona he fights on behalf of himself. And also apologizes for being a shithead to literally everyone. Yeah. And, like, Sex Babam is happier for it. Um, Ramona seems to be a little happier for it. Knives is happier for it. He gains the power of self-respect. That's the sword that he gets, is the power of self-respect. Yeah. Which he does use to defeat Gideon. And initially, Gideon is, um... There's also a guy in the background of this who says the comic book is better than the movie, which is a great line. And he's right, and he should say it. I mean, yes. <laughs> uh, so then Knives comes in to fight Ramona, and then Scott explains to Knives and Ramona that he was bad to both of them. Uh, Gideon tries to, like, talk up to Ramona, and then Ramona says, let's both be girls, and then she knees Gideon in the balls. Again, And that's... then Gideon throws her down some steps. Then the Gideon way. throws her down some steps. Again, that's... As you do. A- unfortunate that... It's, it's, a, it's a cool line, and it's pretty sexist it's pretty sexist but i mean like it's it's a cool line and i think it was better implemented in the comics whenever it's ended using it against todd because here that's all she gets uh ramona doesn't get to fight her abuser is the bad thing she doesn't get to have like a full-on fight with i wish she did yes she does in the comic um but uh knives and scott then defeat gideon uh and Jason Schwartzman, who plays Gideon, is killing it. He is such an asshole. He's oh, he's so great. good. Oh, my God. The acting, the acting in general in this movie is really great. Yeah, um, yeah all the actors they're killing did it. awesome. Um, and then, like, they're, the moves that they used to defeat Gideon parallel the ninja game that Knives and Scott were playing at the beginning, so that's also to establish that. So, And kind of how well they work together as a team. Also, like, when Gideon explodes, he explodes in the coins like everyone else. And then Steven, the head of Sex Bob-omb, goes like, oh, man, the record deal is screwed up. And then, like, he's like, we're not getting that money. So then he, like, jumps to the ground and starts collecting yeah. the coins desperately. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's a Which great is pretty bit. great. It's pretty fucking he's great. He's like, oh, no, we're not going to have money. And then he just starts gathering coins frantically on the ground. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, that's a great bit. Um, So then Scott's like, so then Ramona tells Scott and Knives they make a good team. Um, And then evil Scott shows up, which is like Nega Scott, which is only foreshadowed by seeing a Nega Ninja in the video game that Scott was playing earlier. And Scott says he could never beat. And this was, there was more foreshadowing apparently in the initial cut of this movie. They removed a lot of that. And that's more of a thing in the comics. Um, But basically Scott goes, I got to fight evil Scott on my own. And then it cuts to outside where Knives and Ramona are waiting. And it's Scott talking to evil Scott or Nega Scott, whatever. And he goes, yeah, that guy's not so bad. We're getting coffee later. So basically it's the implication that like all of Scott's vices are now accepted by him. Because he's like, I accept that I've been an asshole. Uh... Scott then looks to Knives and basically says, like, yeah, this isn't going to work. And then she, 
and then Ramona goes to leave, and then Knives is like, go after her. And then Scott's like, oh, and then Knives is like, I'm too cool for you anyway, echoing what Wallace told her earlier. And then Scott tells uh, Ramona that they can start all over again somewhere else, and they leave, and that's the movie. Yeah, yep. they like walk out to some dimension door or whatever. Yeah, I feel good that Knives finally realizes that she's too cool for Scott. Um, I don't feel a lot about Scott and Ramona getting together at the end. Obviously. It, I felt nothing about it. Yeah. I was like, sure. I guess. Yeah, because you don't you don't care about Ramona. The, the movie doesn't give you reason to care about Ramona, unfortunately. No. Okay, so let's let's talk about. I'm going to talk about the ending of the comic. Um, for those of you out there, I I mean, obviously spoilers. Like we we've, we've been spoiling things for like an hour. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. So in the end of the comic, uh, Ramona actually leaves Scott specifically because of like other things going on, like him being sort of resentful about. Uh, not being told information about Gideon and then like other stuff about him not committing to say like being all there and again like over the course of a year it's them like moving in together and getting close together um she leaves and then he assumes that Gideon has her um so he goes to fight Gideon using the power of love that he had gotten earlier um and Gideon reveals that uh, Gideon doesn't have her. Scott does not have her either. They're just fighting. Um, Ramona shows up to, like, beat up Gideon, and then Gideon uses, like, basically reveals that he made the thing to mind control her, but he also used a little bit of it, I think, on Scott. Um, specifically to, like, drain her. Like, basically to neg her and make her addicted to him. Same as in the comic. Or same as in the movie. But the difference is that to remove the chip, they just sort of remove it after beating up, uh, Gideon in the movie. Uh, Scott goes into the chip to, like, free Ramona from it, and he kind of gets halfway there, and then Gideon starts winning inside of, like, Ramona's brain. And then Ramona actually pushes Gideon out, and, like, basically says, get out of my head, and then forces Gideon out. And then get- and then, uh, Ramona and Scott fight Gideon, and then, like, Scott, in the meantime, has, like, the epiphany of, like, how shitty he's been and how much he needs to be better- and Ramona, he gives Ramona, or Ramona takes from Gideon, I think, because Gideon stole it. Ramona uses the power of love, and Scott gains the power of understanding. Not self-respect, understanding. Um, And they basically tag-team Gideon the way that Knives and Scott tag-team Gideon in the movie, and they beat Gideon like that. Interesting. Okay, so... Obviously, did you um, write all that down? Class? Did you write all that down, class? So let's let's zoom in a little bit. Oh um, my God. So let's zoom in specifically. Let's talk about knives for a minute. <laughs> let's let's find. We're finally here. We can talk about Scott Scott Shitty. Let, let's talk about how Scott Shitty and like how knives is a baffling choice for him to be with. Okay. <laughs> I just for me. Scott is just really not self-aware. You know what I mean? Especially no. at the beginning. Do you mean the movie? Yeah, in the movie. Okay. Like he's like say, weirdly like comic. Huh? No, I thought I was I was trying to distinguish between the movie itself, like Scott Pilgrim is not a self-aware film or Scott Pilgrim is not a self-aware character. Mm. Oh, sorry. Okay, no, no, no. Like I feel like the film's self-aware in certain the film's ways. Very self-aware. It's very self-aware. In, to the point of being pretty hilarious. It's pretty yes. hilariously self-aware, uh, which I do appreciate, um, because self-awareness in movies can be done really well or really shittily. Yes. And I feel like they did um, a great job here. 
It's so easy to fuck up self-awareness. Well, yeah, it's really oh funny, God. but but I mean, like, here here's the self-awareness that kicks me. It's like, Scott is 23 years old in the comic, and he's dating a 17-year-old. You can't... The movies, in, in the initial draft, they reconcile that by saying, Scott was just not serious enough about Knives because he didn't have self-respect. And that's why, that's the curve that he goes on, is he learns to have self-respect so that he can date knives that was the initial draft i'm just sort of we we can sort of push off the uh the ramona ending that's official just because it feels so you would both agree it feels tacked on right oh absolutely jess it's very obvious that they changed it the last minute and i mean like weird yeah it's weird so let's let's view it from like the original ending intent because they also filmed that one and it's available on the dvd um we watched this on netflix by the way okay um so why why knives why why would someone change it to knives um i mean are you asking philosophically i mean yes because like the message changes very much so because it's about getting the self-respect to date an underage girl <laughs> which that isn't a great message yeah, that's a terrible message. i think what it is what the view might have been this is just me spitballing here is well he started off with this girl and maybe it's like i think what they were loosely going for is cheating is bad uh stay with your person or whatever like you he chose to be with knives initially therefore he should stay with her i don't know that's like loosely i feel like what they were going for but it doesn't like it's so hard to explain like kind of be like yeah this is why like this is a good idea because it's not a good idea and it doesn't make sense narratively at all but yeah yeah i don't know that's what i that's the only thing i can think of is like oh well he was cheating on her but he should have stayed with her anyway and she deserves to have a person i don't know like it doesn't there's no solid way to explain it in my opinion that's fair jess do you have any any thoughts on this one don't date teenagers in your 20s. Yeah. I mean, yes. And don't tell people to do it in your movie. Yeah, I don't... I don't or don't even imply it. I don't feel like it's, it's like, reconcilable to make it's it not, okay it's to date knives. That's that's where I think, like, it's kind of unforgivable. There's not a lot to talk about because it's, like, it's hard line. No, don't. Yeah, it's like, just but, don't do it. Yeah, like, it's it's a baffling decision. And I want to I wanna talk about this, this lesson of self-respect versus a lesson of understanding. Um, so the movie, so Scott's shitty, right? Like we, we all well, agree yeah. Scott's shitty because he's selfish. His behavior is selfish. He's petty. He's whiny. He refuses to take responsibility for his actions. He doesn't have a job. He refuses to even get a job. He refuses to be like a dedicated member of the band. He refuses to be dedicated in a relationship. He isn't like actually even in a relationship in both of the contexts of him being with Ramona and him being with knives, he is never emotionally supportive in any meaningful way. Yeah, no, he's so he's a like, real piece of shit. <laughs> he's a real piece of shit. So like the lesson, so love is fine. Like that's, that's a fine thing that you could teach. Cause that's sort of like about committing yourself to someone else. So like they reject that idea of love. Like they break the power of love. Yeah. Instead it's the power of self-respect which is weird. Which, yes, I 
self-respect implies that like you need confidence that you need to be more confident and more i don't know like self self-respect is a very vague term and it can mean a lot of different things but in arguably this... scout needs more just general respect for others yeah that's fucking lives i agree i i yeah. think that understanding no, is is a more like understandable and more meaningful lesson from this movie that scott needs to learn is you've been shitty to everyone um and i think that that's that's important like even if if you're gonna try to not be a shitty person you're gonna first have to realize how shitty you were yeah so like even if the sword was the sort of responsibility like if responsibilities was what it was framed as instead of self-respect i think that that would have been more meaningful but the choice of self-respect implies to me that this is a different philosophical position than the comic because self it's not terribly different but it's different enough because i think the comic does having understanding to a degree i mean if you really want to twist it uh because it was what scott had like a it's like secretly drank in the comic right yeah um so like understanding is kind of like it's still self-understanding in the comic but it's also the understanding of others. And I think putting the self in front of whatever fucking noun or whatever you use is a poor choice because Scott, Scott's already very selfish. He doesn't need more self. Yeah. Um, Hayden, would you agree with that before yes. I make my point? Yeah, no, I agree. I feel like we're taking votes here. Like, is Scott a dick face? I mean, we all agree, yes. It's ah, just how. <laughs> so, like... In the, in the movie, just to quickly contrast, because I don't... Obviously, there's there's things you have to cut for time when you make a movie. Well, yeah. A lot of what's cut for time is Scott just being around Kim and, like, Steven and, like, talking to them and hanging out or, like, Ramona doing that. Just, like, spending time together and genuinely showing that they care. Or, like, Scott helping, like... And that they're actually friends. Yeah, and that they're actually friends. Yeah, like, they Scott don't feel Kim like friends move. in the movie. Yeah, Scott, Scott is shitty to everyone in the movie, and there's no, like, redeeming feature to his relationship with other people. He is never kind or, like, he never, he's never kind and he never does anything meaningful with another human being. Um, yep. so what the message is then with that self-respect, it's that at the end of the movie, it's implied that he and Ramona are just going to leave, like, this whole fucking town and just go yeah. away, right? Like, they said, we'll start over, and then they she's like, I'm gonna leave town, and then he's like, I'll come with you. Oh, okay. I didn't remember that part, but yeah. Yeah, and they use a dimension door, because they have those. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, Scott- and they're out of Toronto, this mysterious land. The mysterious land of Toronto, yeah. So, Scott, presumably he would have done the same thing with Knives, is just, like, left, or, you know, gone to, followed her to whatever fucking college or some other weird shit. Yeah, it um, probably would have been the same, but it's just like honestly, I feel like the movie would have ended with him just going to her graduation. <laughs> oh, even weirder. Um, <laughs> oof, oof, yuck. Um, cradle. So, well, it's not. Yes. It's it's cradle robbing in a loose sense. In a loose sense. Oh yeah, no, um, no, 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 it's cradle robbing. <laughs> so it's jailbait waiting. That's a baby. Um. Yep. So Scott. In the comic, you get more of an emphasis on Scott slowly learning to be better as a friend to other people. And, like, not just acknowledging that he was wrong, but working to make it better. You get the sense in the movie that he's just going to abandon all these people and just move on. Yeah, you like don't get the, the sense that he cares about any of these people. 
Like, he's such a selfish person. Yeah, he he acknowledges that he's bad specifically to sort of alleviate guilt or, like, just move on from it to be like, yeah, I was shitty, and then now we're done. Yeah, it's to I'm make himself feel better, honestly. Yes, because it's that sense of self-respect versus understanding. And I think that that intrinsically devalues the messaging of Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. Um. So let's, let's uh, let me say this real quick. Uh, game theory, or relationship theory, I should say. Gross. <laughs> well, yes, that's it. What? Is that the, what? Making a relationship into a game is inherently a problem. Yes. Like, viewing someone as something that you need to, like, beat or, like, conquer to, like, like, there's a series of steps that you accomplish to win someone's affection. That, in and of itself, is a big problem. Super Mario Bros, we're coming for <laughs> you next. Yep. <laughs> Super Mario should do the Super Mario movie. Like the eighties no, one. No. It's I've never seen movie. it. It's so funny. Um, you don't have to be there for that one. Yeah, I'm not gonna <laughs> can't make me. Um but like alright, so winning someone through like a game is not good. Um through reading the comic, I think that it's more of an emphasis on making the relationship work because each of the exes presents like some sort of problem that they face within a relationship. And at the end, both Ramona and Scott overcome uh, Gideon to sort of emphasize that they are now overcoming, like, these emotional problems in and of themselves. Yeah. Um, in the in the movie, it is just Scott overcoming these problems, again, to win Ramona, like, a piece of meat. Um, like a delicious steak. Like a, li- like a delicious steak. And uh, that's... Pan-fried. Are you hungry? Yeah. Sorry. Um... <laughs> We'll get we'll we'll eat food before we do the next thing we're gonna do tonight. Um, so we uh we're at a point where we have to go. Okay, so Scott is doing this specifically for his own benefit in the movie and for the benefit of getting this relationship. So Ramona is a reward rather than a person. And the thing is that Scott at the beginning of the movie and of the comic in both cases views Ramona as a reward rather than a person. She is mm-hmm. just an object of desire that he wants to have and frankly like by the end of the movie that position doesn't change he doesn't try to understand her more or get to know her more or like work to make his relationship better furthermore he doesn't work to be a better person in the comic he gets a job he like again helps his friends move and then like tries to be understanding of them in the movie he does none of that he just wins he wins the fights and then he apologizes at the end for being shitty um so like let's we we started this by saying scott pilgrim is bad and that scott pilgrim is shitty like as a person and we'll end it that way we'll end it that way but i i i must leave the question then uh of the movie because i like the movie a lot but does the movie make it worse for you to understand how scott is shitty and how to be better because i think it does i think it actively or probably not intentionally but it does make it easier to sympathize with scott and just go well yeah scott went through this tough time and now he won his reward which is a girlfriend and that is terrible as opposed to you have to learn these life lessons and be a better friend it's just he you wins don't the necessarily reward get anything for it because that's not how life works yeah exactly being a good person doesn't mean that you automatically deserve things yeah it doesn't exactly. mean that you get a reward and honestly i feel like scott doesn't really have any character growth in the movie itself 
no, he, no, he, he realizes no, that he's he shitty. Has, like, he realizes that he's shitty and then just moves on. Yeah, exactly. But that's not better. really growth. That's just apologizing yeah, no. for the sake of apologizing. Yeah, and like removing himself from their lives would be an that would be an excusable thing to do. Like if someone was shitty to you and they're like, "I was real shitty to you. I'm just gonna leave you alone." Like that's fine, but that's not really like there's no guarantee that he's not gonna be shitty again. Yeah, that's, that's not thing. really what happens. It's just like he's just like, "Okay, bye. I got my girlfriend. I don't really need you guys anymore." Make Scott Pilgrim pay for his crimes. Twenty twenty. Indeed, make yes. my, make Michael Sarah pay. Hashtag not my pilgrim. <laughs> Um, okay, so, like, my, my thought is, to loop back around to little 15-year-old me being, like, watching this me, like, yeah, I like Scott Pilgrim. Like, if you're, if you're, like, a nerdy dude, and you're, like, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna come out and say, at least for me, I was kind of pathetic, and, like, I hadn't had a girlfriend, and, like, I was just not in a great place at that point in my life, and for a lot of teens, I think, who would be, like, the demographic who I think would most enjoy oh, yeah. this movie, and, like, 20-somethings, like, if you're, like, a nerdy dude and you watch this movie, you could come out of it with the feeling of, like, well, yeah, just Ramona was a slut. She dated all those dudes and cheated on them. And Scott, yeah, was kind of an asshole, but, like, you know, he got through it, man. Like, he he, he just needed to stop being, like, a little bitch, and then he's fine. And it's about that sense of self-respect and confidence as opposed to being understanding and starting to be a better person like that message yeah, if is lost the, if that's the message that was taught to all of the impressionable youths out there then then, then I mean, the movie's a failure in that case yeah then it's yeah. a power fantasy it's it's about getting the confidence to have a woman <laughs> like that's that's not that's not what this should be it should like scott pilgrim at its best i think in the comic form is you learn to be in a relationship by overcoming all of these confidence issues and, like, trying to be better with your friends and acknowledge your shortcomings and be better. And self-aware. And self-aware. and like That's yeah. That is the only self that Scott should try to be is self-aware. And, exactly. And, like, again, acknowledge your family and, like, all that other stuff and talk about it with people, which Scott doesn't talk a lot with other people. He just whines at them or other people yell at him and he goes, yeah, in the movie. Yeah, I guess so. So, like, the but messaging, I think, is really screwed. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. So I think I think this movie is really good, but I think because of the changes that they made, the messaging is all screwed up. Not only because it seems like they really wanted to have him date a teenager, but also because they don't want him to be a better person. It's just he gets the reward by realizing that he needs to stop being so kind of cowardly and, uh, like, you know, milk soppy, as Jess says. Yeah. yeah. He needs to be a cop. Instead of being an asshole, you need to be a confident but occasionally apologetic asshole. Don't be any of these things, children. Yeah, don't be an asshole. You gotta, you gotta learn to be better. I know. And adults. In in the year of twenty twenty, it is easy to slip into misanthropy and apathy and just you know be kind of a shitty person because you think everybody's shitty. And that and we're all gonna die. And we're all gonna die, and you they deserve to be shitty to just go home, play video games, and like listen to music and just be like fuck everybody. But like you're not, you're hurting your friends and your family by doing that, and like you're not doing yourself any favors and happiness by doing that either. Even if you get a girlfriend, just having that isn't gonna like fix the problem. You gotta, you know, work to be better to your friends and work this to be better. This podcast is a counseling session. I mean, yeah, like that's well, yeah. isn't that what Scott Pilgrim is? Yeah, it, Scott Pilgrim is a long 20, 20 sums all trying to fucking become better and counsel each other. Yeah, that's that's Which, what the comic is God about. Godspeed. There, there's a bit in the comic that I showed Jess where it's just Kim, uh, Ramona, and Scott lying there drunk on a bed, and Kim and ramona just go we should go back to grad school <laughs> like it's it's that it's like i don't know what i'm doing with my life and that sense of like it's, melancholy is not in the movie at all it's a big oof 
I, I recommend everyone to both watch the movie because it's a really fun time and to read the comic because it's really melancholy and good and, and it's got across, some solid shit. And gets across better messages yes. overall. Hayden, uh, any final thoughts on this topic before we go to our final, final thoughts? Um, I want to read the comic after watching the movie. Like, I haven't got around to it, but I want to read the comics really bad just to kind of see the changes but i didn't want to watch i i didn't want to read the comic before the movie yeah i that's fair i i would say for anyone out there uh obviously you might be a little bit influenced in your opinion now maybe maybe well you wouldn't have gotten this far if you're like angry at what i've been saying or like what any of us have been saying you're like fuck you i love scott pilgrim i want scott i want to i want to i want to date women and treat them like shit and then michael sarah is exactly who i want to be when, when i say i'm sorry that's it i don't need to do anything else um that's what you sound like by the way if you if you feel that way it's hard it's hard you got this far and you think we're it wrong it makes me feel me. like my titties are what did you think it's like what did you think those exes were little kisses little kisses kisses. oh my god oh god okay (laughs) okay uh yeah anyone out there i would tell you watch the movie because it's a fun time and then like go for a deeper dive in the comic all right uh final thoughts anybody anybody before we before we go to plugs no i said my final thoughts scott's a piece of shit in the movie and i want to read the comics Ramona deserves better. Kim, uh, Knives deserves better. Kim deserves better. Kim, Kim is so great. We really, we really skipped over how like menacing and cool Kim is, but Kim Kim's Pines awesome. Is Kim Pines is great. Scott Pilgrim shit. Yeah, and I like Ramona. A I lot want too. Kim Pines versus the world. <laughs> she she gets her own little mini comic. Um, I think. Oh well, then I need to go read that. Yeah, that's good. All right. Um. Okay. Uh. Final plugs. Uh. Once again, thank you, Caitlin. Thank our you, Patreon uh, subscriber, our patron, again, the Medici family to our Leonardo da Vinci. Yep. Don't, um, don't, don't call yourself da Vinci. <laughs> you, you don't feel like we're contributing as much? Like, our podcast is not, like, you know, Where's modern the, engineering innovations. Where's all of your drawings of people with a bunch of arms? I don't remember what the So many asses. Is. So many asses. So many booties. Uh, so many booties. Um so thank you caitlin uh if you're out there and you want us to do a podcast like this in a movie uh, i can't guarantee that we'll like if you if you choose like fucking a superhero movie that will you know go through like 50 years of comics and read all of it this was sort of a quick uh six graphic novel read for me you bet you better be real specific on which comics you want us to read if you want us to do a comic movie comparison is what yeah saying. i i would probably even abscond from that so just <laughs> like if you I, would I like to personally it. email me if you'd like to email jess to get her involved then yeah you can do that um but none of you are getting my email but five dollars a month to get us to do a movie of your choosing yep. uh just go on to our patreon patreon.com slash titanomaki spelled the same way as the home podcast you can follow me at anime underscore brother on twitter hey you- hello uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Hey Bill Voice. Uh, follow me over on Twitch. My dog is sneezing in the background. Excuse me, Mister. Um, oh, Mister. Mister. He's laying on my bed, sneezing, being real cute. Uh, again, follow me on Twitter at Hey Bill Voice. Uh, you can follow me over on Twitch.tv/slash Hey Bill Voice. I'm gonna start streaming again soon. Woo! Woo! 
follow me on YouTube because I make dumb comic dubs that are totally selfish and I make yeah, it, it's all selfish, selfish content, and it's great. Yeah, you're uh, fine. It's not. It's not as selfish that is as what whining. Content should be. It's not. It's not as selfish as whining that your uh, your current partner had seven people that they dated and are I now can't like stalking Fucking them. believe they dated someone before me. <laughs> yeah. But um, um, yeah, follow like. me on YouTube, Hayden Davio Vo, or just type in Hayden Davio, and all my shit will come up. Uh, subscribe to me because I'm almost at 50,000 subs and I'd really like to hit Woo! that before my birthday. So go sub. Um, yeah. You're go follow Jess because Jess is amazeballs and adorable. Yeah, she posts great art on Twitter. She sure does. Me. Yeah, follow her. If you can find her, follow her. It's at Godspeed Je- finding no. me. At Jess Spills Pain. That's not nice. Now it's not a chase. I was going to say, it was like, no, they should have to go on a chase. Yeah, so Brad, no, I want you to beat art. that out. <laughs> no, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave, I'm gonna leave that in because she posts great art and she deserves more recognition. Oh, God. Um. Oh yeah. I'll also plug uh, uh on rightlyso.com. That's rightly spelled with a W at the front. Uh, Isekai articles are coming out now. I wrote a whole essay about how power and sex fantasies and fiction are bad or are problematic at the very least it's like 200 pages though so you better get yourself a it's, an, it's, an, it's an installments i i talk a lot about history mythology uh literature i finally get into anime later i just got into the part where i talk about D and video games and how that sort of contributed to it he refuses for some reason to be a professor because he would it would totally be i don't want to go back i don't want to go back to school i want to be a voice actor all I want right. a steak, but we don't all get what we want. You want a steak? I want a steak right now. For steak? For I steak. am we can gonna drink more coffee and eat the other pancake that I made. There you go. <laughs> nice. We should we should end this as as we did. Uh, eat eat ass. Yep. Eat ass. Eat ass. And grass. Scott Pilgrim's a piece of shit. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Eat ass. Scott Pilgrim sucks. Yep. Sled fast. <laughs> Sled fast. You know what Slug movie? I, you know Slug what movie gang. I want to watch? Just because I'm in love with Harrison Ford forever. What? What's that movie? I can't remember what the fuck it's called. Where he has like sled dogs, and it's just old man Harrison Ford with dogs, and that's I love it. I have no idea. I've, I I it's no idea. A, it's, I'm pretty existed. sure it's a Disney movie, but I'm like, it sounds like fun. Uh, have you ever seen Blade Runner? No, I haven't. We should watch that sometime too. Okay, sure. I just That's, love that, Harrison Ford. That is admittedly Ford though Harrison Ford at one of his rapiest. No, just I want old man Harrison Ford because I think old Harrison, Harrison Ford, Ford is an adorable individual. Smoking a corn cob pipe. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. All right, everybody. All right, right, bye everybody. <laughs> yeah, bye. we're gonna get just steak. Okay, bye. bye. The music for the intro and outro is "Better Days," composed by Lakey Inspired on YouTube. Go check him out. Just as a reminder, this episode of Nerdacy is sponsored by Caitlin on Patreon. Thank you, Caitlin. You can also become a patron and get an episode of your own by supporting us at patreon.com slash titanomaki. That's patreon.com slash titanomaki. Thanks. Bye.